Blackout Podcast. Hello, welcome to my podcast, the Blackout Podcast. And today, my first guest is my special, close, awesome friend, Renee, the style coach. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm going to start by apologizing because I was like texting at 11 p.m. saying, oh, by the way, this is going <laughs> to happen. And uh, you, 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 you showed up. You always show up. I showed up. up. I got I got it early this morning and I got some time. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um so I'm I'm going to start with actually talking about the Blackout podcast is based on my residency at CFAT and whenever you see a document that's redacted it's always the important things that get blacked out but I'm turning that upside down by making the things that get blacked out are the unimportant things and the things we see the important things um so that's what i'm doing with my residency here and i'm bringing that into the podcast where uh when i talk to my guests i go to the depths and dig for the important information and like i love talking with you because there's so much debt to you and, and like you're so well-rounded i'm just always going to start talking about how this whole style thing started for you okay well, my style coach business started because I was a dental assistant for 23 years, and it was not my passion. And my passion was very much into design or styling, and I'm very artistic that way, and I always need to create. And uh, when I got the opportunity to leave dentistry and to start my own business, I just thought it made sense to style people. I was already doing it anyway with my friends and family, and then it extended to their friends and family. So um, I was able to start my own business called The Style Coach, and it's been great. It's People have been really responding well to it, and um, you know, a lot of people didn't think that there would be a need in the Maritimes for that, but there is. A lot of people, you know, want the confidence and they want to put to look put together and they want to look, you know, uh, great for their job and represent the company well. And that's when I come in, I help them tie everything together. Mm. And mm. I'm going to start, I, I I think the last styling you did was for these two dancers. You want to tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, they're musicians. They are folk artists. Their name is Anne Janelle and uh, James Hills, and there are a couple who play the ukulele and the cello. And uh, this year they were shooting for a um, Christmas video at a cathedral. And uh, Janelle reached out to me and wanted some styling. She wanted to, you know, she really has a low-key, simple kind of look, which is very bohemian style and um, very authentic and very vintage look. And because we had the opportunity to uh, shoot in a cathedral church, and it is Christmas time, I just thought it'd be a great opportunity to glam it up a little bit and make it more polished and, you know, still uh, honoring her style in the bohemian style of things and keeping things simple. Um, so what we went with in this styling design, we put James into a black suit with a white crisp shirt with no tie, just kind of like that, you know, Johnny Depp look with the collar up and everything, because he kind of has that look to him with the glasses and his hair. It's pretty <laughs> cute. And uh, Janelle is so such a natural beauty and anything and everything did look great on her. But I did choose a dark navy lace dress for her. Um, 
while she was playing the cello because it just really had a nice contrast against, you know, the color of the church um, with the instruments that they were playing. And I also kept everything authentic for her while keeping her hair still simple into a, you know, loose braid and soft makeup. And it just, you know, tied everything together. They sounded like angels. It was a beautiful video. And in the end, they were really happy with it. They were kind of scared, maybe afraid that it would look like like Hollywood glamour a little bit. But uh, it really just, you know, fit all together and um, everybody just looked amazing. So I'm really happy about the results. That's great. Um, and I always like linking back because I know your mom is a heavy influence in your styling. Yes. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yes. Well, my mom is the original style coach, I think, because she did teach me, um, you know, how to be the best dressed version of yourself and the best person as well with kindness and you know how she she always taught me that um how you dress like really shows how you feel and my mother is a very um happy person she's kind she's giving she really loves to help people and um she was taught by her mother as well to always put her best foot forward so my mother whether she walked out of the bedroom you know, just waking up in the morning, she just always looked put together, whether it was the pajamas she was wearing or whether it was an apron while she was cooking on Saturday morning. She just always looked her best self. And the reason for that is because she chose the clothes that flattered her body the best. And she is a cute little redhead. So she has nice, beautiful, bold colors that she can wear that can really accentuate her her petite body and her color palette. So she always stayed in, in that genre. And she always stayed into um, that rule, I guess, to um, to look your best. So whether it was the mailman, you know, ringing at the door early in the morning or whether we were having people just showing up for supper last minute, she always, you know, looked like she was ready to go to maybe not a gala, but she was always ready, <laughs> ready for anything. So, you know, she taught me the importance of that. And it, and it did. It changed the way that, you know, it changed. It, it actually had an influence on what I attracted in my life as for positions and jobs and potential jobs and also the people I attracted in my life mm. because how you feel is is really shown through the image of what you show people, which is through style. So I think that's very important to um, to consider when you're getting dressed in the morning or when you're going to an event or anything like that. So, so like with winter, it, it's kind of easier for people to dress up for summer, but winter, what are, what are some things people should look out for when they're dressing in winter? Well, winter for me is pretty easy because it's always dark colors. You try to really honor the seasons with the colors, even if your color palette is in the pastels, you could go a little bit darker in the winter because that is kind of like the typical rule for for winter. You got the dark purples and the reds and the burgundies and things like that. So what's and of course black is worn the most, I think, in winter as well. Um, just because the stores you know, I find boutiques and stores just offer a lot of black in the wintertime, not as, not as much print as in the summer. And um, it's really easy to dress for winter for me because sweaters are always in and people are always cold and freezing and mm. you want to be comfortable. So and luckily, 2018, 2019, it's all about the sweaters, whether you're wearing a skirt or jeans or pants or dress pants. It's just all about the sweaters and the turtleneck. So sweaters are easy. And jackets, if you want to invest in something like 
for my job as a personal stylist, I work outside the home. So I go to the mall and boutiques a lot and I go to people's homes. So often I'll just wear, you know, something all in black with maybe a pop of printer color. And it's the jackets and the boots really that make the whole outfit in the wintertime because you're mostly running in and out outside and so back into the home. So you said boots, which um, is a times you should wear short boots, long boots. Is that based on what you're wearing or? Yeah, I think that's really important. I think nowadays, well, nowadays the style and the trend is the really high boots right above the knee. I don't think that that style is for everybody, especially somebody who's very short, you know, um, five feet or under. It really shortens their body and it also um, lengthens the legs and gives the look of a shorter torso. So it can really, you know, make your body look unproportionate. So you really want to balance the body is the key. So people who can get away with the long boots are people who are tall. Um, You know, you want to you know, try to balance your torso to your legs. So if you're going to wear black boots, maybe wear black leggings or black pants so that it can stretch your leg versus cut it at a at an odd place and then make your leg look shorter than your torso, which kind of looks weird to the eye mm. and it looks strange. So um, also the ankle booties. I, I love the ankle booties personally just because... Um, Long boots have been in forever, and I think everybody has at least two, three, four, five pairs of those. So (laughs) ankle bullies are great because if you're wearing long pants, then you can choose a different color if you'd like in the boot because it won't break your leg. You know, it won't uh, shorten your leg or make it look, um, again, strange. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. So, um, yeah, it does matter. It does matter by your height. And then with every, like, what are um, outfits everyone should have, like, at least one of in a closet? Um, Like, for men, for guys, and for girls, and for ladies? I think a crisp white shirt is always important because you can dress it up or dress it down. Uh, For ladies, you you know, ladies can wear it with um, classy black pants, with a pair of cool jeans, and bling it up with jewelry and a pop of, like, color on their lip if they want to go from work to evening um men you know same thing they can wear it to a business um reunion or a business meeting with dress pants and also switch it to with the jeans and maybe even with the jeans pop a blazer blazers are really good to have in the home as well or in your closet i should say um they're really important to have in your closet because it's it kind of it's kind of like a jacket that you can wear everywhere that and it's cold too if you're not going to be wearing a sweater uh, especially women, um, if you're wearing, you know, a cutoff short sleeve, then you're going to want, you know, either a cardigan or a blazer to go with that in the wintertime for sure. But the crisp white shirt, I think, is something that everybody should have in their in their wardrobe. And it needs to be fitted. It needs to fit your body. Okay. Uh, for the men, it should be slim and really, you know, fit your body well, not too big. And the same thing with women. Uh, women, it shouldn't be too big either, but not too tight either because you want those buttons and that line to stay straight. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when it um, so what's your process entirely like from a person says, oh, I saw you say I saw your website or I saw the billboard on the street and I'd love to work with you. What's the sequence from beginning to end? 
usually people will either give me a call or they'll send me an email. I prefer calls. Uh, if they do send me an email, I will offer them a free consultation on the phones because it's a lot easier to just discuss on the phone what their style needs are. There's just so many different ways that this uh, session can go. So uh, typically, they'll always ask me the first question, what exactly do you do? <laughs> and the reason for that, because nobody really knows what a personal stylist does because we don't really have one here in the Maritime that does it the way I do it, which is kind of like that show typically that a lot of people used to watch, What Not to Wear on TLC. I kind of do that. I do the same thing. So basically, I will offer them either a makeover of their closet, which would be, you know, making outfits from head to toe, taking photos and creating an album so that they can dress easily in the morning. They won't have to fuss in the morning anymore. And it also um, helps them really use everything that they have and wear everything they have in their wardrobe because a lot of things tend to get missed and, and you know, you get your favorites and they kind of tend to work their way up in front of the wardrobe everything. and then there's a lot of stuff in the back that you haven't seen for a while. Yeah. So you want to use everything that you have. And um, also offer shopping services, so one-on-one shopping, which where I will go ahead and do the pre-selection on my own after I've seen their wardrobe or seen or reviewed their questionnaire with them and that I know what their style needs are. I'll put everything aside for them and they'll meet me in the afternoon and we'll do a try-on session for about three, four hours where they will learn and I will teach them how to dress for their body type, their color palette, and also, you know, what looks best on them and why certain things don't look good on them and that's where really the magic happens mm. and um, some people want total makeovers like from their look and wardrobe right up to hair and makeup so I will also recommend with photo images through a style assessment I will send images and photos of uh, my recommendations for hair and makeup for them that I think would look really cool on them and bump up their look so usually I do have packages that are already created to help um, the client really, you know, gain everything that they can gain out of our sessions and also leave leave our sessions with confidence that they can maintain their look and maintain their shopping and everything once I'm gone. Um, or we can also create a personalized or customized package for them that will um, just fit their needs better. So usually we'll have the phone call, we'll ha- we'll decide on the package, they'll direct me and I'll kind of recommend certain sessions and then we'll book the appointments and within a week usually we're done. I'll usually see them once or twice, maybe three times in that week, mm. uh, depending what the session is. Because the shopping session is pretty much a full day for me, but half a day for the client. Mm-hmm. And just that half a day of trying things on is very tiring for them. Like mm. people don't know that shopping is a sport. You need to bring <laughs> water and snacks and so that, you know, nobody gets hangry during our sessions. And usually we'll take a day in between and then I'll go into their wardrobe like two days later and we'll finish it up, finish it up, finish it up mm. with uh, the album. So the album album is the album of the outfits that I will create Uh, with the existing wardrobe that they have, plus the new purchases that they have so that they can wear everything, jewelry, shoes, purses, blazers, sports jackets, whatever for men and women women as well. Mm. I will create the lookbook. They'll have about, people think they have maybe, oh, you know, 10, 12 outfits in their wardrobe. But when I'm done... It's usually within 30 to 100 (laughs) outfits that they actually have that they're not wearing in their wardrobe. So, you know, a lot of people, if they're just doing the closet cleanse, what that is, is that we're doing our closet revamp really is what it's called. When we take uh, photos of every single outfit, you're basically shopping from your own wardrobe so there's Mm. a lot of things that you didn't remember you have there's a lot of things you weren't wearing because you didn't know how to put it together Mm. and that's where I come in and I help them you know be efficient and save money there 
So, you know, and then, you know, they wear it for a couple of years. The outfits are so great that people want to see them in that outfit again. And then when it's worn out or when you're tired of it in a couple of years, then you just revamp your wardrobe again. Mm -hmm. So um, from what you're saying, it's like a week for the whole, pretty much from beginning to end. And for the larger packages, it is. If we do the um, the total makeover, it would be, I would go into their wardrobe just to take a look at what they have, make a list of things that they need to complete their wardrobe, and also take a make a list of the things that they want or need. And I will go off shopping one day on my own, and then they'll come and meet me that afternoon. So that's one day is the shopping session. Mm. And then usually... You know, the client is quite tired the next day, as I am as well, because it is a big day of, mm-hmm. you know, trying things on and you're really not stopping all day. Yeah. Some people get sore and they just want that extra day to rest. Mm-hmm. So let's say we do the first shopping session on a Monday, then usually on Wednesdays, I'll go to their home and then I will do the closet revamp, which is the outfits of everything that they have bought and as well as what they have in their wardrobe. So I bring my professional camera with me. Mm -hmm. I take all these photos. I show them how to, you know, which jewelry looks better with certain shirts, which hairdo you should, you know, you should create with this look um, and then create it all on a, in an album. And then on the third day, um, I will work from my home, which is I have a home office, which I will create their style assessment, which is about 10 to 15, 20 pages of information of all the things that we talked about, all the style tips, how to dress for your body type, mm. images of that, images of how to put outfits together, color palettes, a place of boutiques and shops that I like to shop at for specific things and uh, everything that they need to continue and maintain their look when I'm gone. Mm. So usually that client will learn that style assessment they will you know um, educate themselves a little bit more through that Mm -hmm. so that next time they go shopping it's a lot easier for them they know what they're looking for they're not spending hours and wasting time on things that you know they might not like once once they get home so it's a lot more efficient and it saves them time and money okay one of the things i'm trying to block out with this interview is the bullshit that um if you have a passion and you follow it it's gonna you know it's just gonna find a way to work out but um, what I've learned as in if you have a passion and you just kind of play around like, uh, around it and you don't take it serious or you're not putting in the work, then you're just kind of fooling yourself, really. So how would you? How was your transition from being a dental assistant for this long, being good at your job and saying, you know what, I'm calling it a day and I'm fooling my passion and I'm actually going to make a living from it? Well, I think that when you create your own business, you you have to be passionate about it and you have to also um, be creative. And especially if you don't have the background in business and you're just starting it from scratch like I did, um, I tend to live my life um, and listen very much to my intuition. And I think most artists, you know, do that. And um, when you listen to your intuition, then that's when the creativity flows and comes out. And then we're guided in the right direction and the right people are put on our path to make that happen. So if you're always keeping a positive, you know, outlook and you always have that goal of what you want in your in in your business, then I think I do believe that things will come to you, but you have to act upon them. Yeah. So a lot of people think, like like you said, you can't just, you know, sit on your ass and just wait for, you know, somebody to show up or, you know, you have to put the work, you have to go on social media, you have to have that website, you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. That's the thing that, you know, I'm 
you know, I lived in Moncton, New Brunswick. That's where I started my business four years ago. And being a dental assistant for 25 years, I knew a lot of people. And um, I was well known in the community. And so starting this business, it was easy for me to start because everybody knew about it Mm -hmm. because I knew a lot of people. But at the same time, the whole social media thing, you know, I had no choice to be on social media. I am my brand. I had to do the photo shoots. I had to be on camera, you know, and I I didn't really enjoy that side of it as much as people (laughs) think I do. Um, You know, I am quite a reserved and... and, um, you know, I like to keep things to myself. I'm a personal, I'm a, I like things personal. Um, but at the same time, I had to put myself out there and I had to show people who I am mm. and in order to sell my brand. Mm. So um, social media, like I said, again, and and just knowing the right people and putting in the work and learning, you know, reading all the books that you can read about it and just never stopping. The minute you stop, then things don't flow mm. and the clients don't come. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've noticed about it too. So, you know, I, I have always done other projects on, projects on the side as well. And when I put too much effort on the other side of things, that's when my clientele is kind of like, you know, not as full as it could be. Mm. So you really have to have like a business plan and really have it set out in the way of, you know, try to create it in the way that works for you and really honor that and honor yourself and also honor your, your health and your time mm. as well. As to balance, you know, like family and friends at the same time, because you don't want to, you know, start your own business. And then all of a sudden you're so busy, you're working 50, 60 hours a week. And then and you that's don't the have thing I was time. going to ask. Um, how do you find that balance? I've always put in the time for friends and family and for myself. And the reason for that is like I'm older and wiser now. I'm in my 40s. So early on in, in my career in dental, I worked for um a dentist that was a workaholic and we worked 50 to 60 hours a week. I barely had lunch and supper and I started working when I was 18 years old. So by the time I was 25, I already had my first burnout. So, you know, I was way too young to be burnt out (laughs) and, you know, my body couldn't keep up because I wasn't keeping it healthy. Um, Didn't have time to go to gym, didn't have time to eat properly. And then, you know, I continued to work for the same person and, it just continued. My health just kept on decreasing. And at 30, the same thing happened again. So then I thought, okay, well, you know, I can't just keep on working for somebody else's business and give my 120%. And what do I get out of it? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm making more money, but to spend into health and to try to get better. (laughs) So I wasn't really getting ahead. So um, when the opportunity came to, to start my own business, that was one thing that I really wanted to honor. I wanted to honor me and Mm -hmm. my health Mm -hmm. mentally and physically and spiritually and everything. And I wanted time to balance that with friends and family and, but also give everything I could to my clients. So I created a system that um, when I am working, I'm working really hard. And when I'm not working, well, I'm vacationing or partying very hard. (laughs) So Uh I like to have a nice balance in my life. Um, So here's my thing. What, advice would you give for someone that's thinking of say maybe quitting a job or just uh balancing a job and following their passion say someone that's creative what advice would you have for that person my advice would be to follow your gut follow your intuition and really you know you really have to do the research 
you really have to see, you know, if, if, if it's worthwhile to put the time and effort into this passion and try to create it in a way that, that you will succeed. You want to succeed at what you do. Everybody wants to succeed. You have to have, a, you know, a business plan. You have to educate yourself and you have to um, surround yourself with the right people that's going to help you bring you to where you want to be. So, um, for me, it was really just following my intuition, following what I love to do, being creative, don't limit yourself. And, um, you know, get the, if it takes time, because you need to save financially, or if you have to take a loan, or whatever it is, then do that. Just make sure that, you know, you're, you're going to, stay healthy while you're doing that. You don't want to burn yourself out. You don't want to stress yourself out to the point that, you know, your passion now turns into a job. Mm. You don't want that. You want you want to continue to love what you're doing and um and put your heart into soul into everything that you're doing and I think that if you do that, it will work out for you. Always put your best foot forward and, you know, ask questions and and ask for help if you have to. And you stay quite positive. And, you know, sometimes life isn't always, you know, roses. How do you stay positive when things are going to shit? <laughs> well, um, I have a dog at home, actually, who, who who balances me out and who keeps me sane. You need things in your life to, to balance Um the shit <laughs> and the good, right? So um, you need to stay active. You need to, you know, keep stay healthy. You need your friends and family around you to support you. You need the right people around you to support you when you do something like this. And um, for me, luckily, I have that. And the ones that weren't really supportive and that who didn't believe in me or didn't think that I could do this, well, they're not really around anymore because, you know, it's not because I don't love them. I choose to love them from a distance, mm. really, instead of just cutting them out. And um, that's very important. And just, you know, continue to do what you love. You always, you need a balance in life. You just need a balance. So do you ever just not, um, do you ever just cut people out or you always just keep the distance? It starts by, I start creating distance with the people that I uh, find that are very, really negative in my life. Mm. Mostly the way it will happen, it'll naturally organically happen because, when those people come to you, they want to be fed with that negativity. So really, I just listen and I don't say anything. And after a while that you don't say anything, mm. you're not good to them anymore because you're not giving them what they want. So they just move on to the next person and it just organically happens that they kind of move along to the next person. <laughs> and they're not really in my surroundings anymore. But it mm. doesn't mean that I don't love them. It doesn't mean that I, I won't encourage them. I will um, when when it's really needed and the, and the time is there. But people really know that. You know, I don't really like bullshit anyway, and I'm really straightforward and I'm a very honest person. So mm. I tend to see people now not really ask me, you know, any specific questions because they know I'm going to tell them the truth. And most people don't really want to hear the truth. So <laughs> those people like I've kind of been blessed in that in that sense that um, I'm really surrounded with the right people that um, we can all encourage each other. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, so any last words? Well, in general, really, just in general, Mm -hmm. I just think that, um, you know, one thing that's really important and that I find that people don't put enough emphasis on themselves. I mean, especially mothers, you know, they put everything into their family, into their children and men, too. They, you know, work hard. 
at work to bring, you know, the money in or either to, you know, support the whole family. And it's really important to take care of yourself, not just physically and mentally, but, you know, you want to give the right impression when you meet people, whether mm-hmm. you're at work, whether, even if it's, you know, you, even if you've been married for a long time, you know, remember that your wife or your husband, like they saw you at your best self when they first met you. So, you know, down the road, it's really important to keep that up mm. because, um, you know, that's how things start changing. You don't want things changing into a negative Um, you want things to keep on moving in a positive direction. Same thing at work. Some people, you know, they, they would put the, the effort in to promote that business that they're working for or to, you know, um, represent the company. And they would, you know, do their hair and makeup in the morning and wear, you know, the polished crisp shirts. But then after a while, they get lazy and they roll out of bed and they don't really care about the hair and makeup anymore. And then mm-hmm. it starts showing, right? When you have stress in your life, it shows as well. Mm-hmm. One thing... that I found to help me when I'm going through difficult times in my life Mm. um, is my clothes. When I dress well and I feel that I look good, I feel good. So it does change my posture. It changes the way I interact with people during the day. Even Mm. if I'm having a bad day, most people probably won't know because of the way I look Mm -hmm. because I'm choosing to look it before feeling it. Sometimes you have to do that first. Of course, it's from the inside out, but sometimes you've got to work you know, from the outside in. So I think it's really important that people just start taking a better look at themselves and what they're trying to say to the world. And, you know, style speaks. Mm -hmm. So what are you saying? (laughs) And I like to help people, you know, discover their style language. Okay. Actually, I said that was the last one. But what's style language? Style language would be, um, well, you know, if 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 you see somebody coming down the street, And you see them wearing, I don't know, gym pants and no makeup and a shirt that's dirty with coffee on it and sneakers that aren't laced. And maybe, you know, they look like they just rolled out of bed. (laughs) What do you see? What, you know, everybody has a first impression. Mm. First impressions matter. Um, You never know who you're going to meet. So if you see somebody um, that looks like that, to me, you know, oh, they look sad. They look tired. Maybe they're going through a rough time. Maybe they're just lazy. Maybe they don't care about life. Maybe, you know, but maybe that another person that would feel the same way might dress up like I'm dressed up today. You know, and put their makeup on and do their hair. And, you know, it only takes five, ten minutes more of your time. You know, I think showers are very important. That should be the number one thing that everybody should do in the morning, (laughs) of course. But uh, somebody who walks out looking good, eventually they will feel good and their attitude will show. Even if, you know, maybe I'm moody and I'm not smiling. Mm. Well, if I look good, they're still going to look at me and say, oh, she looks put together. Mm -hmm. She's probably on her break or maybe she's got a headache today, but she's probably a professional or she's, you know, you have, everybody has an opinion and it and it matters because you never know who you're going to meet. Mm. And especially if you're going to interviews, especially if you're going on first dates or, you know, even if you're just going to the mall, you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. I met a special somebody just recently at the mall and I'm very, very glad <laughs> I put my makeup on that day. And I had, <laughs> you know, my, my hair was nice because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to look back and smile mm. and then, you know. develop this new relationship that I have now in my life, which I'm very thankful for. So, you know, I think that everybody should put their best stuff forward because it can only bring you positivity. Thank you very much, Renee, for coming and for taking your time out and for 
reply my 11 p.m. text. <laughs> You're very welcome. Anything for you, Israel. I'm always here. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening.